Let the fight begin! Welcome to It's Real to Us, the Wrestling Podcast. Featuring your hosts, Anthony Passiello, Nate Diggity Dog, and Tony the Fox. What's going on, you guys? And welcome to It's Real to Us, the Wrestling Podcast. On today's episode, we will review and discuss the 2023 edition of Survivor Series Claw Games. Now, if you happen to miss the show, don't worry about it, because we got Nate Diggity Dog, Tony the Father, and yours truly, ready to break down everything you might have missed with the fastest Survivor Series recap. In our first match, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch challenged Damage Control's Bailey, Io Sky, Asuka, and Kyrie Sane inside War Game. Io, Oscar the Grouch, skydived from the top of the cage and took out everyone with a moonsault. But it was Charlotte Teddy KGB Flair who re-raised Io with a moonsault of her own. Flair can splash the ring whenever the fuck she pleases. Although Bailey did whatever she could for her team to win, she ultimately took the pin. Team Bianca defeats Damage Control. As an overwhelming underdog, woof. The Miz came in barking for his Intercontinental Championship match again. Good. But every dog, woof woof, has his death. After the Miz went low and then hit a skull-crushing finale, we all thought our Miz plus 5,000 tickets were captured. But the House and Gunther always win as the ring general was able to shrivel up Miz's massive balls with a submission victory. Gunther's historic title reign continues. Santos Escobar injured Rey Mysterio and Carlito, so enters the Dragon Bruce Lee, who used his fists of fury to beat down Santos. Be like water. But after Pablo Escobar hit a massive bump. Yeah, that's the stuff. Santos couldn't be stopped and landed a phantom driver for the win. Rhea Ripley defended the Women's World Championship against the tenacious Zoe Stark. And Mommy just killed Zoe. Put an elbow against her head. Hit the riptide, now she's dead. Mommy's so good. Queen Rhea Ripley defeats Zoe Stark clean as Mommy's dominant title reign continues. And in our main event, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, and Jey Uso were on the receiving end of a five-on-four beatdown courtesy of the Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre with five guys on top of a beaten and battered Cody Lana Rhodes. All hope for a happy ending was lost. But then, coming from out of nowhere to even the playing field was the returning Randy Orton. Team Cody silences the Judgment Day. Never say never. Survivor Series 2023 will forever be remembered as a cold day in hell. Cult of personality blew the roof off of the All-State Arena in Chicago, Illinois, when CM Punk made his return to WWE after nearly 10 years away from the company. The hometown hero was greeted with an overwhelming reception. Now, while everybody wasn't happy to see Punk... Do you guys think that uh, Seth Rollins' video was uh, real? There's no denying this was one of the most shocking moments of the year. CM Punk is back, baby! What did you guys think of the 2023 edition of Survivor Series? War game! Let us know at It's Real to Us on X and Instagram. Now, it's time to get to the show, baby! All right, we're going to jump right on into the big breaking news. 
CM Punk made his shocking return at the 2023 edition of Survivor Series. Triple H referred to this as a cold day in hell, and oh boy was it. Punk walked out of the WWE in 2014 at the Royal Rumble due to dissatisfaction with his booking and health issues. Now, after nearly 10 years later, some legal battles and a whole lot of bad blood, CM Punk is back in the WWE. A day that many of us WWE fans never thought would happen has happened. Nathan, I'm looking at you. What did you think to see CM Punk back? Oh, I was so excited. I thought it may happen, but there was some back and forth in my head whether it actually was going to happen. We saw the War Games match end, and then we saw the copyright go up. We thought it was done. I was like, all right, no CM Punk. And then his music just hits. I've been watching that video all day. Just super excited for CM Punk to be back in WWE. And just to see a cult of personality again in a WWE arena was so awesome to see. Were you able to sleep last night? Uh, not that much, but I am a little tired. What was your initial reaction, Tony? I was very excited, but it was also very surprising. You know, it gave me chills. And I have mixed feelings about it. I got to be honest. I was very happy. Part of me was down because it took away from Randy Orton. Randy Orton has been injured on the shelf for a year and a half, made his grand return at War Games. He was announced ahead of time that he was going to be there, so we all expected to see him. However, throughout the night, everybody was alluding to the idea that Randy wasn't going to show up. So when Randy did show up, he got a little bit more of a pop. But that pop and excitement for Randy Orton being there was kind of sucked right out of the door when CM Punk showed up. But here's the thing. I don't care. I love it. I'm so happy CM Punk is back. I'm the biggest CM Punk fan. This is up there with Bret Hart returning to WWE, in my opinion. I think this could go down as one of the greatest returns in WWE history. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that. It was very well done, especially in the time of social media. Uh, keeping it under wraps was well done. I've heard a bunch of reports that Triple H, CM Punk, maybe a couple other people were the only people to know this was actually about to happen. Good for WWE for doing the right thing. Like you said, nobody backstage knew. As a matter of fact, who do you think knew backstage? Triple H. That's about it. I don't think any of the wrestlers know. Maybe a handful of people. That's it. So there was a report that Triple H stepped in to lead production right towards the end of the show. And Nathan, like you said, he called for the copyright. And the copyright is always the signal that the WWE broadcast is coming to an end. It's over. It's the final shot before they go off the air and they fade to black. You hear CM Punk's music. So Triple H knew exactly what he was doing. And he was just manipulating everybody. He's just like the puppeteer almost. The puppet master. And Tony, to your point earlier about overshadowing Randy... Everyone thought that was the big reveal. Oh, we got Randy. Oh, oh, they finally revealed Randy. They even teased that he wasn't going to be there throughout the night. I thought it was very well done. I'm very interested and excited to see where CM Punk goes from here. And we got to talk about Seth Rollins. Just let's go right on into it, right? So there was a video that caught Seth Rollins flipping and cursing CM Punk off, saying, F you, I hate you, I hate you. And there are other videos that are circulating online showing Rollins throwing a tantrum as soon as CM Punk's music hits. So do you think the Seth Rollins emotion at the end of the show was real? Do you think he has genuine disdain and hatred towards CM Punk? Or do you think it's a work and this is just WWE's way of hyping a possible showdown between CM Punk and Seth Rollins moving forward? I think absolutely Seth Rollins does not like Phil Brooks at all. He said it many a times. He's called him cancer. That was not a work last night. I've watched that video 
10 times. The way the wrestlers were all looking around, the way Sami Zayn was like surprised. I don't think this was a work. And I think Seth was showing his true emotions. He couldn't hold it back. He's disgusted with what happened last night. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I think that that was real emotion. Even though there's been reports saying that Triple H may have said something to the competitors about what was going to happen. I still don't think they knew. I think it was planned that Seth Rollins was going to throw a tantrum. I think it's going to set up a programming going into WrestleMania. Seth Rollins obviously hates CM Punk. But at the end of the day, Rollins is a smart man and he's a businessman. And he knows that he can get what he wants with CM Punk. And what he wants is the marquee of WrestleMania 40. In Philadelphia, he can main event WrestleMania Saturday with CM Punk for the World Heavyweight Championship. It's something that both men have always wanted in their entire career, and it's something that they can both get with each other right now. If we're going to talk about anyone being legitimately upset, I think it's Drew McIntyre. Oh, absolutely. McIntyre, who was also a part of the same match that Seth was, walked right out. Why do you think that is? Maybe going back to what Nate said, the talent involved knew what was going to happen at the end, so McIntyre maybe didn't want to be a part of it. As we know, his contract is coming up and he walked right on out of the arena it's, it was said in a report that he grabbed his stuff went to his car and just left didn't talk to anybody yeah he's got no contract signed after wrestlemania he's a free agent and then you see someone like cm punk walk in what, what, what would you do if you were drew no i'd be pissed it makes total sense if you look at the first reaction in the ring when he when they announced cm punk and he turns around and he starts cursing in the ring the first guy that says something to him is the ref the ref tells him to calm down, and he goes right into the ref's face. So I think it's absolutely not a work. Or was the ref telling him and cueing him, now's the time for you to lose your shit? Maybe Seth knew. So we don't know. And this is the thing I love most about wrestling. And Nathan, you actually referred to it a couple of weeks ago. It's when you can blur the lines in between reality and what you're seeing presented to you as entertainment. Why did WWE cut away and show CM Punk with the fans, never come back to the ring once, sticking with the cameras right on CM Punk until they cut off. It's because Triple H is a smart man, and he knows that 17,000 people were live in attendance recording on their phones, and that somebody was going to pick Seth Rollins up, and it was going to go viral online. Triple H is very, very smart. So I think this is a work. I think that this is planned, and I think Seth Rollins knew. We may never find out. No, we're going to know. If Seth Rollins and CM Punk come face-to-face -face in the next couple of weeks on Monday Night Raw, then I'm going to say, you know what? You're right. This was a work. For some reason now, if this just goes away the next couple of weeks, there's no Seth Rollins, there's no CM Punk together or talking about it, it wasn't a work. It could have still been real, but they could also still have a match. I, I think it wasn't planned, but I still think that they are going to be starting this feud because of this. Well, we don't know. That's the beautiful thing is we won't know for sure. So let's just clean up on this uh, CM Punk return moment. Anything else you guys want to talk about that we might have missed? It's clobbering time! That was so cool. That was incredible. So this is going to go down as one of the most shocking moments, I think, in WWE history. All right, we are going to move on, and we are going to talk about the main event, the, the moments that preceded CM Punk's epic return. We saw Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, and the returning Randy Orton beat The Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre inside War Games. We are just going to run that gimmick into the ground. This is the last episode to do it. Nate, just give us one more for the hell of it. War Games. 
The Judgment Day dominated early on with a 5-4 advantage, and they were beating down Team Cody Rhodes so bad, Damian Priest planned to cash in his Money in the Bank contract. We saw Rhea Ripley run down, and it looked like Priest was about to become World Heavyweight Champion. But then we got the return of Randy Orton. And after he teased the showdown with Jey Uso, Randy Orton eventually just hit a couple of RKOs, and he helped Team Cody win the match. So let's talk about it all. What did we like about the return? What didn't we like about the return? Well, Randy looked great. He came out. He was chiseled. He looks like he hit the weight room. He looks like he was tanned. And you know, he was ready to roll. His wrestling moves were right on. He was in sync. Looks like he didn't miss a day. But I didn't like what they did to Randy Orton starting on Monday Night Raw. When they announced it's going to be him, maybe it's going to be him. Why didn't they bring him out that night? Randy kind of just got overshadowed by CM Punk inadvertently. Team Judgment Day and Team Cody Rhodes, all the members of both teams were speculating that Randy Orton wasn't going to be in the match because he hadn't shown up. So WWE decided to kind of milk Randy Orton's return even more and throw more fuel on the fire of, is Randy Orton going to come out? Is CM Punk going to come and out? And I think it worked. It, I thought it was well done. Knowing that he was already going to be there and he was already scheduled to be there, I think it kind of refueled the pop that they may have lost by announcing Randy Orton on Monday. Before the match, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, he's not coming, he's not coming. Uh, uh, where is he? He's not here, he's not here. Then right away, everyone speculates, CM Punk, CM Punk. But if you saw Randy Monday night, there would have been no thought of CM Punk. So when you bought CM Punk out, it would have been even a bigger shock. So I think that Randy Orton got undercut a little bit. We, we got to talk about that. A little bit. Yeah, let's let's dive into it. He, a lot of bit. So? So what do you mean so? He's, he's gone for a year and a half. He's a company man, a WWE guy for, what, 20 years, and he gets undercut like that? He was like Aaron Rodgers running out with the flag and then breaking his fucking leg. Uh, why do you always bring that up? It's the here? truth, though. When you saw <laughs> Monday Night Football, Aaron Rodgers, he's got the American flag, he's running out, I'm a Jet fan. Yeah, down yeah. My face. 15 minutes late, he's crippled on his back. That's what happened to Randy Orton last night. I disagree. So I mean finally you get the guy back, you give him his moment, he's there, and 15 minutes later... They're not even looking at him. Everybody forgot about him. When CM Punk came out, I was like, Randy who? I'm not disagreeing that he got pushed to the curb, but I think that wrestling fans want it all. We want Randy Orton. We want CM Punk. And we got it all. <laughs> you know what Randy Orton is? If you're a little kid and your mom and dad is taking you to see the Easter Rabbit, you're all excited, the Easter Rabbit. Then all of a sudden you see Santa Claus. Fuck the rabbit. That's what happened last night. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> CM Punk, ho, ho, hold him. Obviously, everyone's not talking about Randy Orton returning. Everyone's talking about CM Punk returning. But Randy is such a goat in the industry that it really doesn't matter. We're all happy that we got Randy Orton and CM Punk. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We should all just be thankful that we got both of them, which is what we're going to be. So we're thankful. Nathan, yeah. you're thankful? I'm thankful. Very thankful. I'm very thankful. All right, let's finish up with the final thoughts of the match. Any particular moves that stood out that we liked? Uh, any spots? Yeah, I got one. Let's hear it, dog. Uh, okay. When Randy came in, everybody from Team Randy did hit the classic Randy DDT off the ropes. I loved it. It was a great spot. My favorite was McDonough off the top rope getting RKO. That was great. Best RKO of Randy's career? No, definitely not. No, no. I think the best RKO, it's between two. It's the Seth Rollins yeah. one at WrestleMania 31 where he goes for the stomp. Orton throws Rollins up in the air and he hits the RKO. Classic or, 2K move. Uh -huh. Or the Evan Bourne one from the... Uh, oh, that's a good one, From too. the shooting star press yeah. into the RKO. So... 
Yeah, great RKO, though. I was worried with Orton's injury if he was going to keep using the RKO. So seeing him do not one, but two, and, a, and the second one in a big spot like that. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah, it makes me confident moving forward he's going to be able to do it, no problem. Yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, Randy Orton more in WWE. 2023, we got CM Punk back and Randy Orton. Time to be thankful. Very. All right, let's talk about Rhea Ripley and Zoe Stark for the Women's World Championship. So Rhea successfully defended the title against Zoe Stark, and although Stark looked good, the outcome of this match was never really in doubt. What did you guys think overall about this match? Not great. Wasn't really entertained by this match. I think it's because I knew exactly what was going to happen. Rhea looked dominant, but not my favorite match. Rhea Ripley is Mike Tyson in his prime. When you saw Mike Tyson in his prime, it doesn't matter who he's fighting. You knew the other guy was going to lose. Rhea's the same way. It doesn't matter who's on the other side of the ring versing her. You know what's going to happen. Zoe looked great. She put up a great fight. She's a young wrestler up and coming, but she's not in the same class. No one is. Rhea is Rhea. I completely agree, especially when you put it in terms of class. There's Rhea Ripley, and then there's everybody else. When she comes out, she feels like a star. She feels like a big deal. So Zoe looked good, like you said, Nate, to your point. I think that she made the most of her opportunity. But at the same time, this didn't really get me excited to see another Zoe Stark match. So this is just another dominant title defense for Rhea Ripley, which has become the normal now, right? This is arguably one of the most dominant title runs we've ever seen a women's champion have. I think, yeah. you, I think you could compare it to Gunther's championship reign in the fact that both Gunther and Rhea are heels and they're winning championship matches clean Without any shenanigans, no nefarious tactics, no heelist tactics, the only reason she's a heel is because she's leading the Judgment Day and she's helping them win nefariously. But Rhea doesn't really need any help. No, not at all. That's why she's a great champion. But, I mean, I'm getting kind of bored of this whole thing of Rhea's dominant and everything. Like, eventually you'd think you would get an intriguing or entertaining match. Because, like, I feel like all of her matches haven't been that entertaining because of how dominant she has been. It's an impressive run, don't get me wrong, but I, I haven't been entertained by it. I've been very entertained by the entire run because I like rooting for Rhea Ripley, and I like seeing Rhea Ripley succeed. I like seeing Mike Tyson dominate. I like seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin dominate in their time. So Rhea Ripley, when you put her up there with the goats and you put her up there with the athletes who defined their time, they have to have dominant stretches like this. So I I'm all for it. I think that this is just another little notch on Rhea Ripley's legacy and that it's only building her and making her a bigger and bigger star. And the other wrestlers have to step up. Someone has to step up to beat her. Simple as that. You're not going to win when Rhea's not showing up because she shows up every single time. She does. She's fantastic. So yeah. with that being... She's hot. Oh, she's so hot. Super hot. The assless chaps were incredible. The assless chaps were quite nice. Her I, I, ass is nice, period. I like the makeup, too, a lot. I like the Joker look that she did, and her hair is great, too. The whole presentation she has, she's a star. She has the look. She's got the in-ring work to back it up, and she has the aura and the character. She's a Swiss Army knife, so not enough good things to say about Rhea. I guess one more question before we move on. We have Elimination Chamber coming up in Australia, which is Rhea Ripley's homeland. You're going to need a significant opponent for Rhea in that moment. Who would be the ideal woman to go up against Rhea? I don't think they have a good option right now. I think it would be a nice to see a handicap match. Rhea Ripley versus four female kangaroos. 
I like it. And I think that Rhea <laughs> might have a problem there, though. Those, those kangaroos are tough. <laughs> they kick hard. They kick real hard. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I do think it needs to be someone big. Maybe they get one of the legends to do it. You know, maybe you get a Beth Phoenix or something like that. Beth Phoenix is true to AEW right now. No, she, she's not. She's still under contract with WWE. Is she really? She hasn't been in AEW. She still has a contract. So maybe bring back Beth Phoenix. That would be Trish be, Stratus. Maybe someone like Trish that. Stratus. That would be cool. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't think the, the person that she possibly could face is on the roster yet. You might be right, because if you look at the roster, maybe you could run it back with Raquel Rodriguez, Nia Jax they've been building oh, up. It. Shayna Baszler makes a lot of sense, now, too. I got the person right here. Yeah, who, who is it, Tony? Who is it, Tony? She just came over from AEW. Oh, oh Jade, Jade Cargill. <laughs> Big light bulb moment. Da, 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 da. I think they want to... Put her in NXT first. No, but she's she's main roster ready. They're not putting her in NXT. Well, you signed her months ago. What are you waiting for? We'll probably see her debut at the Royal Rumble, but let's leave that there. Let's leave the speculation there, and let's talk about Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee. So after Escobar injured Rey Mysterio and Carlito, Dragon Lee stepped up to fight Escobar in honor of Rey Mysterio, who's Dragon Lee's hero. And although Lee fought valiantly, ultimately Santos was just too damn good and won this match clean. So what did you guys think about this match? I thought the match was solid. It wasn't bad. It wasn't an outstanding match. But, you know, Tony Montana did what he had to do. And he took out Dragon Lee. Another building block. This is just one in a long line of wins, most likely for Santos, who is going to be built up as one of the next legitimate threats on SmackDown in the mid-card, presumably, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I, I wasn't a big fan of this match. I would have much rather seen Carlito over Dragon Lee. So I thought the build between Carlito and Santos was getting really good, and then they just ended it, and then they just throw Dragon Lee in there. I just, I just, I wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah, the match was good, but like it just, it didn't intrigue me at all. Yeah, I don't know why WWE decided to go with the injury angle for Carlito and take him out of this match. It seemed like a lot of people were excited to see Carlito, and a lot of people maybe even bought tickets in advance, hoping to see Carlito. So I, I think it was a poor decision. Yeah. I'm a Santos Escobar fan. You know, I was excited to see him. I thought, he, I thought he did well. He performed well. But it makes no sense with Dragon Lee coming in. because Now, now Dragon Lee lost. Now what do you do? He's done. It's over. So what would you bring him in for? Maybe he's going to fight his way through the LWO, similar to how Shinsuke fought his way through the Alpha Academy. So he's going to start with Dragon Lee, he's going to go to Carlito, and then inevitably he'll have a fight with Rey Mysterio. So maybe they wanted to have Carlito be like level two of Santos's progression, but I still think that it's BS to advertise something and then change it 24 hours before. What are you going to do with Escobar now? He's going to fight Carlito now. Carlito now? Yeah, Carlito's fine. But why didn't they fight then? The delay in the feud, opening it up. They have some time before Rey Mysterio returns from injury. So I, I don't like the move at all. I'm, we're on the same page. I'm just... And who's left to fight after Carlito before Rey? Maybe he fights Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, next we're going to talk about The Miz versus Gunther. So The Miz did everything he could to win the Intercontinental Championship match, including going low and hitting a skull-crushing finale on Gunther for a near fall that got me up out of my seat. I legitimately thought The Miz had a chance to win his ninth Intercontinental Championship, but ultimately Gunther retained the title. So what did we think about this match? Do you think The Miz earned Gunther's respect? No, I don't think he did. I don't think Gunther's going to respect him no matter what he does. And... Once again, how do you gain respect by hitting somebody in the balls? 
If you hit me in the balls, I'm not going to respect you. Yeah. If I, especially if I didn't have any respect for you. He's doing what he can with the elements that he has to make sure he wins. So you got to respect that a little bit, no? I, I, number one, no, I disagree with that. If I'm going to respect you, it's something you're going to do to me that's worthy of respect. Punching me in the balls is not going to get my respect. And I don't think Gunther respects many people at all. I think he's too dominating. And I think he looks down at a lot of people. So I don't think, you know, he gained Miz's respect. How many times have you seen Gunther go low? Exactly. Gunther's the Intercontinental Champion, and he's a heel, and he doesn't cheat. So why would he respect the Miz for cheating and not even winning in the process? Thank you. I agree with Tony. I don't think that I he think earned... you got to respect the idea of he's doing whatever it takes. You just to said that. Sure. Why does he have to respect it if it's not what he would do and he didn't even get the job? He's not beating him fair and square. All right, well, at the end of the day, we're not going to be able to get inside Gunther's mind. So unless he actually says it, we do not know. So we're not going to speculate. Let's talk about who's up next for Gunther. He's the most dominant Intercontinental Champion of all time. His historic reign of 500-plus days is going to continue. And I don't know if there are many challengers left you can throw at him. Do you guys have an idea of who you'd like to see him go up against next? I got one idea. Let's hear it. He's the uh, NXT champion currently right now. I like it. Ilya Dragunov, the last one to defeat Walter. We never saw Walter again after that. He transformed, and he became Gunther. So he would be seeing a ghost from his past, so to speak. So I love the book. I think uh, that makes sense, but probably down the road a little bit because obviously Dragunov is the NXT champion. He's got his work there to do. So I like the idea. I just don't know if we get that yet. What about Randy Orton and CM Punk? That'd be terrific. Oh, my God. Take got, my money. You got two new guys right there on Raw tomorrow night. Yeah, but they're both too big to be going for the IC title. But that would take Gunther to the next level. So let's move on. Let's talk about the Women's War Games match, which I think may have been the best match of the night. So in the main event, we saw... Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, and Shotzi defeat Team Damage Control consisting of Asuka, Bailey, Kyrie Sane, and Io Sky. This was as hard-hitting a War Games match you will find. And it may be, I have to go back and rewatch some other War Games matches, but this might be my favorite War Games match of all time. You had some incredible spots. A couple that come to mind right off the top of my head are Io Sky jumping from the top of the War Games cage with a trash can on her head. Charlotte Flair doing a moonsault even higher than Io from the top of the War Games cage. And Bailey basically carrying the load for damage control throughout the entire match. She broke up a handful of pinfalls, but in the end, she was the one who ultimately took the pin after getting speared, hit with a KOD, and then a manhandle slam through the table. So Bailey took a lot of damage, and now the question becomes, how much longer will she remain the leader of damage control? I, I think she will be the leader of damage control throughout Mania. Uh, I know you guys think that this could possibly be a split up, but I think without Bailey, there may not be a damage control. So I, I think that they were going to keep her throughout WrestleMania and maybe draw this out a little bit longer. Well, well, when you say throughout WrestleMania, do you mean up until WrestleMania? I think they could turn at her at Mania, yes. No, that's way, way too long. You you can already see Io, Asuka, Kairi Sane talking in Japanese and pretty much neglecting Bailey leading up until this match. Now that Bailey lost this match for Team Damage Control, what's to stop... EO, Bailey, and Asuka, and Dakota Sky saying, hey, we don't need the liability who just lost us the War Games match. There's nothing to stop him. She's Bailey's been the redheaded stepchild for the last month. I think by Bailey losing, that's the last piece of the puzzle they needed to push her out. I think Friday on SmackDown, Damage Control and Bailey will go their separate ways. So we have Tony thinking that Damage Control will break up 
on Friday, and we have Nathan thinking that Damage Control is going to break up at WrestleMania. I think it's going to be longer than what Tony How are you going to draw this out four for months? another four months? Five Why months? not? How are you going to do right, How would you draw it out? How did you draw out the whole Sami Zayn thing? Barely learns Japanese. Months? It was the same story all over again, all over again. Sammy had to work his way into the bloodline. Bailey, this is her group. She started it. It's a completely different dynamic. You can't follow that because Bailey, like I said, doesn't have to earn their trust because she is the leader. Listen, let me make a point. If it wasn't for war games, Bailey would have been gone a month ago. They needed the fourth person. That's the only reason they kept her around. And then she blew it and lost. I, how do you say she blew it? I mean, she... She got she, pinned. She, she broke up so many pinfalls in the match. They don't She care. was jumping over referees to make sure that they didn't get pinned. She, she pushed Kyrie Zane out of the way and took a spear for her. So I think she did everything she could to try to help them win that match. Unfortunately, it didn't go their way. She got pinned. Everyone gets pinned once in a while. Ask Roman Reigns. It happens to the best of them. It doesn't matter. Have you not watched SmackDown the last month? They've been trying to push her out. They've been making fun of her. They talk behind her back. It doesn't matter if she took a bullet. They still want her out. How do you take the leader out of a group? She created this group, so you're just going to take the leader out? How does that work? What do you mean, how does that work? Look at Judgment Day. They took out Edge, and they're the most dominant faction in WWE right now. Okay, that's a very good point that I did not think you would okay, throw great. in my, in my how way. How do you take a leader out? John F. Kennedy took a bullet in the head. <laughs> okay, Tony. Well, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a little dark. I'm not saying Bailey's going to get assassinated, but she's going to get removed from office. Where do you see Bailey's character going if and when she does get kicked out of damage control? Well, I think she's going to be like what, what happened with Edge. She's going to turn face. Does she revert back into her, um, what was her character? The Bailey buddies and all that. She just hugged people? Yeah. She might. She might. You know what? You know what she's going to form an alliance with? She'll form an alliance with Charlotte and Becky. But does this ultimately lead to a match between EO and Bailey at WrestleMania? It opens up a lot of matches. If Bailey is thrown out, she could fight. EO, Asuka, Kyrie Sen. You got three matches right there. I would love to keep her as a heel. I think she's been great as a heel. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay, but what would you have her do then? Because the, the feud is obviously right with damage control, and you need somebody to be a face in that dynamic for it to work. You guys think that they're going to be broken up soon. I'm the one that wants to get this dragged out a little bit, and I think it should last until maybe after Mania. I want to keep her as a, a heel, and if you're going to keep her as a heel, I think she needs to be in damage control. What do you do with her if it's, you're going to drag it out till Mania and there's five of them? How do you drag that out? I mean, she could have a feud with Charlotte. She could have a feud with Bianca. Keeping Bailey as a heel, I think it works, so I think you got to keep that as long as possible. And for her to be a heel, I think she needs to be in damage control. All right, well, we'll see what they end up doing if damage control ends up splitting up and kicking Bailey out or if they drag it out, like Nathan said, for uh, a, a, a big fight at a different time. But for now, I think we are just about done wrapping up the Survivor Series card, right? What would you guys give the show all-encompassing grade for Survivor Series? All right, Survivor Series, I'm going to give the grade a B. And only I'm giving it a B is because of the returns of CM Punk and Randy Orton. Give it a nice A minus. I'm gonna give it a A plus. I think A plus. A plus 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 plus. What more can you want in professional wrestling? I was the biggest CM Punk fan growing up. You never thought he'd come back because of all the bad blood with the history and the company. And for that alone, it's an A+. You factor in a tremendous War Games match, Randy Orton returning in a fun War Games match, a couple of other good encounters with Gunther and Miz, Rhea Ripley, Zoe Stark, Escobar and Dragon Lee. There's not much more I think you could want from a pay-per-view premium live event card. So I give it an A+. 
Fair enough. All right, cool. A couple of other miscellaneous things. Our truth showed up, so. Yeah, little Jimmy came back. Woo Love our truth. Nice to see the 54 time 24 7 champion back. He had been out since last December with a torn quad, so we'll see what he does next. Most likely going to be involved in some sort of comedical act. He'd be a great addition in the Alpha Academy. We'll see what happens, but we need to finish up. So before we do that, I am going to remind everybody that you can find us on X and Instagram at It's Real to Us. There you can also find our TikTok, YouTube pages. So come click, come like, come share. We really need your help. Please, I'm not going to be desperate, but I'm just going to ask you very nice. Please, thank you. Okay, time for the Bowl of Mayhem. Bowl of Mayhem. Duh, I got a wooden spoon. Okay, so we are back, ready to do our Bowl of Mayhem as a reminder. Myself, Tony the Father, and Nate Diggity Dog have been predicting matches on Raw, SmackDown, and at Survivor Series. So the results of those predictions went as followed. Coming in first place and winning with 10 points was Tony the Father. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. You suck. Coming no, in no, actually, you suck. <laughs> Finishing in second you place suck. was me with eight points, and over in last place was our resident Diggity Dog. You also suck. With seven points. So. <laughs> Loser. That you suck. That means Nathan will be picking from our bowl of mayhem. What will he have to do, Nathan? Any hopes or wishes or worries, maybe? I do well with food, so I think I could do what, that well. So you're hoping that there's some sort of food challenge in there? Yes. There are a couple of food challenges. In uh, there. I think I did, that would be best. All right, Nate. Why don't you go ahead, stick your hand in that bowl? Oh, fuck this bowl! All right, Nate. Pick it and read it. Pick, pick a good one. Pick a good one. Oh, I got to do the truffle shuffle. Oh, Nathan has to do the truffle shuffle. What's the truffle shuffle? You know the truffle shuffle from the Goonies. How are you guys? That's a fucking, that's the, the bowl of mayhem, a truffle shuffle? Yeah, well, we're going to record it and we're going to put it online. What kind of fucking booby prize is that? That's What are you talking about? The truffle, have you not seen the truffle shuffle? I've seen it before, but that's not embarrassing or it's, anything like do that. Do you want to do the truffle shuffle and have it posted care. on Instagram? I don't do the truffle shuffle. Why can't? Right, he does it. I, I win. You there, can't. There, you, there, no, there you, 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 no, you lost. He's got to do it. Nate, I have to put it online, though. Yeah, well, who gives a fuck? No, I'm just saying. Yes, I'll do it, too. Okay. Yeah, our, our 20 followers will see it. Okay, Tony, you're going to do it, too? Yeah, what the hell's the difference? Nate, that is, that's not a punishment. All right, all right, you remember that when it's online. <laughs> wait, wait, hold, hold, hold on. Can he just do it? No, both of you That's have, not a punishment, have, though. It is a punishment. It's going to be embarrassing. I'll make sure it's embarrassing. We will make sure to post it online once we have a video of Nathan doing the truffle shuffle. So be sure to look out for that. And other than that... Bye! Well, I mean, we can't just end like that. We gotta Fine. How do you want to fucking end, Anthony? Why are you so hostile? Yeah, you are hostile. Yeah, Wait, because you, you got to do truffle shuffle? Uh, no, I'm not hostile. I want to eat something. I really That's want to... That's all you do is eat. You eat more than <laughs> me, and I'm fat as hell. Thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you catch us next time. Follow us on all of our socials at It's Real to Us. And until then, I think I shit my pants. This, uh, this smell is so bad. I'm sitting here and I, I can't breathe. It's fucking bad. Oh my God. I got to go check. It wasn't even a big fart, it was a little one, but what a stench.